National Rural News. Good afternoon, I'm Georgia Kondek. Farmers are concerned a review into the food and grocery code will do little to address issues farmers and families are facing. While prices in the supermarket are well above that farmers and growers are being paid for produce. New South Wales Farmers Association are calling for an ACCC inquiry into supermarkets. President Xavier Martin says price transparency and excessive profit gain are the core issues. And we need an overhaul of the current merger and acquisition approval processes because we're just getting a concentration of middlemen right across all our goods, fruit, vegetables, meat, dairy, eggs, everything's just really getting to the point where the consumer's quite over it and so are the farmers. Residents in far north Queensland say they've been forgotten about more than a month on from Cyclone Jasper. The Category 2 system dumped hundreds of millimetres of rain, leaving a trail of destruction. Douglas Shire Mayor Michael Kerr says the response has been unacceptable. We can get crews together and get them overseas to disasters quicker than what we can in our own country. You know, this is bureaucracy gone crazy. I'm sitting on video calls with people telling me they can't give them caravans because they can't put them on private land. They need to put them somewhere that's three hours walk away, which unless they're going to give them a car each, it's no good to them. The region is bracing for more rain in the coming days as a monsoon trough extends across the Gulf of Capateria and Cape York Peninsula. Rural doctors want to bridge the entitlement gap between doctors training in hospitals compared to those in general practice. Complexity of employment arrangements and uncertainty around future income is seeing more junior doctors choose not to train as GPs. Rural Doctors Association Chief Executive Peter Rutherford says the single employer model will make it easier to ensure these doctors are assessing entitlements. They're not attracting the same entitlements or package of entitlements that other doctors who are training within the state hospital system. And that's not fair. So things like paid parental leave is not something that a GP trainee or a rural generalist trainee can access. Summer weeds in Victoria are sprouting at an alarming rate following the abundance of rain. While some farmers are going to struggle to tackle the weed burden, others say the 200 millimetres of rain will set them up for a good cropping season throughout 2024. New technology is being trialled in helping to predict and prevent bushfires. In an Australian first, artificial intelligence and satellite technology is monitoring a forestry region along the South Australian and Victorian border. The area known as the Green Triangle is fitted with cameras making images for AI systems to analyse. Green Triangle Fire Alliance General Manager Anthony Walsh says it's the next step in protecting our environments. So this is about protecting the resource. Um, you know, these trees are used to build the houses and, and all sorts of things. Um, and so yeah, it's about protecting you know, the assets of our members, but also the wider community. The Victorian Regional Train Network will shut down for four hours later this month as the Rail, Tram and Bus Union continues its industrial action against Feline. Between 3am and 7am on January 25, operational staff, including conductors and train controllers, and authorised officers will walk off the job. The union is calling for better conditions. It's the second time in a little over a month where they will strike. And Rockwood Weir in central Queensland has spilled for the first time since construction over a month ago. Recent significant rain across the region brought the weir to capacity and is now at 122%. It's built down the Fitzroy River with 86,000 megalitres available for residents, farmers and landholders. Sunwater General Operations Manager Colin Bendel says it's managing this first event well. 
there's uh, some water security there for which the, the construction of the weir was designed to provide for a number of years and that's going to create jobs and economic wealth for that area you know, with agriculture, urban supplies and some industrial supply as well. This is the National Rural News. National Rural News. Checking the markets, here's Craig James from Comsec. The Australian share market has got off to a flat start in morning trade on Monday with the ASX 200 down by just four points or one-tenth of one percent and the oil ordinaries down by three points or one-tenth of one percent. Seven out of the 11 industry sectors have posted gains. Telecom and energy are doing best. Amongst individual stocks, uranium producers are doing well. Boss Energy up 8.8% and Paladin up by 7.5%. And Super Group shares up almost 6% after delivering a trading update. In terms of commodity prices, Brent crude was up by 1.1% on Friday and NYMEX up by 0.9%. Gold price higher by $32.40 an ounce or 1.6%, but iron ore down by $1.63 or 1.2%. Amongst other commodities, wheat down 5.8%. Base metal prices generally lower except for zinc, up half of 1%. And coke and coal down 3.6%. Craig James, Comsec. To the National Livestock Report, here's Bonnie Cox from Auctions Plus. In the major indicative livestock markets, the first sale of 2024 was smaller at Yass last Friday, but quality was better. Grown steers and heifers were limited, as were weaners for the restockers. The market lifted 50 to 80 cents across a larger range of cattle and weights. The few weaner steers to restockers sold from 338 cents to 355 cents, and the heifers, 265 to 290 cents per kilo. Medium weight feeder steers ranged from 270 cents to 337 cents, and the heavier weights, 278 cents to 311 cents per kilo. Medium weight feeder heifers sold between 255 and 285 cents and the heavier weights in forward condition reached 274 cents per kilogram. Heavy trade cattle ranged from 272 cents to 285 cents per kilo. Even though the grown steers and bullocks were limited, the quality and condition was good and prices ranged from 259 to 290 cents. And heavy grown heifers, six tooth, reached 264 cents per kilogram. Heavy three and four score cows sold from 228 cents to 258 cents and the best of the bee-muscled bulls reached 255 cents per kilogram. Numbers lifted in the quality was good at Griffith on Friday. The majority of lambs were over 27 kilograms carcass weight and competition was strong. The new season Dorper trade lamb sold $170 per head, averaging 850 cents kilogram carcass weight. Sean trade weights, 22 to 24 kilograms, ranged from $135 to $191 per head, with the better lambs around 800 cents per kilogram carcass weight. Heavier weights, 26 kilograms, sold from $171 to $226 per head. Heavy weights to 30 kilograms ranged from $200 to $258, while the extra heavy lambs sold from $254 to $280 per head and averaged from 780 cents to 845 cents per kilogram carcass weight. Very heavy hoggets reached $179 per head and most averaged around 520 cents per kilogram carcass weight. Mutton numbers lifted and the quality was fair to good with plenty of sheep in the extra and heavy extra weight ranges. Prices increased with medium weight 72 to $101 per head. Heavy crossbred ewes sold from 100 to 126 and merinos sold to $122 per head, the most average between $350 and $400 cents per kilogram carcass weight. On Auctions Plus today, we have the Chrome Studs Summer Ram Sale and our weekly WA Cattle Sale this afternoon. 
I'm Bonnie Cox with the Auctions Plus Livestock Report, Australia's most trusted livestock marketplace. And with the Grain Report, here's Sean Hickey from Pro Farmer Grain. Local grain prices were mixed leading into the weekend, though canola prices in the east did move higher. Looking at international markets, US wheat futures eased leading into the weekend. Following the release of the USDA's WASDA report, with higher global wheat supply and ending stocks reported compared to last month. Meanwhile, ice canola futures rose despite drops in the US soy complex, with the market believing the recent sell-off in Canadian canola prices may be overdone. Local grain and canola prices are both expected to be steady to slightly lower today. Seabot March 24 wheat was down 5 Australian dollars per tonne to $327 per tonne. Ice March 24 canola contracts were up 4 Australian dollars per tonne to $699 per tonne. Well, Matif May 24 canola contracts were down 13 Australian dollars per tonne to $690 per tonne. You can keep up to date with today's local pricing action with ProFarmer Price Discovery at www.profarmergrain.com.au. That's the latest from the markets. This is the National Rural News. National Rural News. Checking the forecast, here's Yoskia Hernandez from WeatherZone. The monsoon trough, along with a low, will continue to bring heavy rainfall to northern parts of Queensland over the coming days. Flood watches have already been issued due to the threat of flooding, which may disrupt roads and isolate towns in parts of Cape York Peninsula and parts of the Gulf of Carpentaria. More than 300 millimetres of rain is expected over the next three days. Moist onshore winds and another trough in the east and southern parts of the state should cause persistent showers and thunderstorms in the coming days. Significant rainfall is anticipated over the New South Wales coast and adjacent inland in the next couple of days, with the potential for deluges and flash flooding. This will be accompanied by fresh to, fresh to strong winds along the coast. Meanwhile, showers and storms will dominate the weather across central and western parts of the state, with mostly sunny conditions over the northeastern and southern interior. In Victoria, a trough fed by moist winds will bring isolated thunderstorms over central and eastern parts of the state, aligned with gusty easterly winds along the eastern and central coast. Northwestern Victoria, in the meantime, will remain mostly sunny and hot. In South Australia, central areas of the state will experience gusty thunderstorms, while the far north and far south will remain mostly sunny and dry. Heatwave conditions will linger over central, western and northern parts of the state with the heat persisting later in the week. Now to a close-up. Artificial intelligence is being used to help predict, detect and prevent bushfires in Australian forests. Cameras are set up in an area known as the Green Triangle along the South Australian-Victorian border to detect the fires. They rotate at 360 degrees every minute with images then analysed by the AI system. I had a chat with the Green Triangle Fire Alliance General Manager, Anthony Walsh, to talk about the under- and understand this new technology. There are a series of cameras that have been established around our region. There's 15 sites where we're putting uh, cameras in. And those cameras uh, do a 360-degree uh, rotation every minute. And the images of those uh, from those cameras are analysed by an AI system um, to, that's trained to detect smoke. The cameras that we're putting in are in South Australia, so South East South Australia and South West Victoria, a region we refer to as the Green Triangle. Can you explain to me what that kind of is? Is that quite a high um, you know, bushfire-prone area or is it just somewhere that you found would be good to conduct this research? So this is like an, an operational deployment of cameras. So the Green Triangle Fire Alliance is made up of 
uh, nine companies that manage commercial uh, tree plantations. There's around 320,000 hectares of uh, you know, commercial plantations in the region, and our members manage 95% of those. So this is about you know, protecting the resource. Um, you know, these trees are used to build the houses and, and all sorts of things. Um, and so yeah, it's about protecting you know, the assets of our members, but also the wider community. What have you found so far? Have you found that there's been quite a good success rate from this system? We do have traditional fire towers you know, with people in them operating in the region, but this system extends our coverage, so the geographic coverage, but also the time at which they're operating. Now, these cameras operate 24 hours a day, whereas a person is up for a limited time, and that's you know, based on a, on a risk approach. You know, the worst days are up longer, but fires still occur outside, outside those times. What will it do to help um, our environment? Is it something that you will like to spread across other parts of the country? Getting on top of fires you know, early is important you know, for fire management. So for us, I mean, our interest here is about our region, you know, the, the timber plantations that we manage, but certainly people you know, all around the country are watching what we're doing with a lot of interest. You know, this is you know, one of the largest deployments um, of these types of cameras and you know, a lot of people are watching around what we're doing and, and I would expect that others will follow. What does it mean for like future bushfire seasons? The thing is that you know, we all know that you know, fires are getting worse, uh, they're getting more common and they're you know, getting bigger. And so... We need to change what we you know, our, we need to change our approach you know, towards fires. So, continuing to do what we've always been doing will mean that we'll end up going backwards. So, we need to be looking at you know, new technology and new ways of operating to be able to find fires earlier. Because to to be you know, for effective um, you know, suppression, you need to get onto fires earlier. So, this is just another tool that allows us to get to fires earlier. Uh, get them out and stop you know, damage to uh, our communities, assets and you know, the environment. Commercial timber plantations, are, you know, the pine trees are around a 30-year rotation. So if there are losses from, uh, to timber plantations from fire, that impact is felt for a long time. And so, for instance, you know, the fires that occurred in 2019-20, there was a huge area, especially in southern New South Wales or in the Murray Valley, that was lost around the, you know, the Tumor area. And... That's resulted in the supply, the local supply of timber to the two timber mills in that region, reducing by about 50%. And those communities rely on those timber mills are a big part of, of those communities. And so that uh, impact will be felt for a long time. That was Green Triangle Fire Alliance General Manager Anthony Walsh explaining how artificial intelligence is being used to help with bushfire prevention. That's a wrap from the National Rural Newsroom for today. To stay up to date with the rural news or catch up on any interviews heard today, don't forget to subscribe to the Rural News podcast. If you have a story, please send us an email at ruralnews at radio.9.com.au or you can follow us on Twitter at Nat Rural News. I'm Georgia Kondek. Have a great afternoon.